This episode of the Red Bull Rant is brought to you by the fine patrons that support us through patreon.com slash Red Bull Rant. You can support us for the low, low price of $1 a month, and you can get exclusive content, including a monthly wrap-up for the New York Red Bulls. We want to send a special shout-out to our patrons who support us at $5 a month. That is our producer-level reward. Thank you to Jeremiah Dempster and William Martin. Now, on to the show. This is the Red Bull Rant Podcast. If you aren't expecting adult language, why even bother listening? Welcome, my friends, to Children for Ends. This is the Red Bull Ram Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Ipico. I'm Pat McDonald. I'm Truman, and this is a special episode, Bonus Ball. Mm. Well, not it's not a bonus ball for Armin. Armin, I can tell you that. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah, so uh, we're recording this uh, because of the breaking news today. Chris Armis and is officially fired by the New York Red Bulls. He is no longer the coach. Uh, interim coach will be named at a later date, which should probably be tomorrow since there's a game on Sunday. So, uh, And I believe uh, his assistant coach, or one of his assistant coaches, was also let go, but I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, CJ Brown. I, that's, what, that's what I thought it was, but I didn't want to get it wrong. Yeah. So, so uh, I know we have a bunch of tweets and stuff. Before I guess before we get to our thoughts, Truman, do you have those tweets lined up, or do you want me to... Go ahead. I don't have them lined up. All right. Let me see if I can find a start of the Armist stuff. Okay. <laughs> so, first, first one, uh, kind of random from Pecky's Sweater, at Pecky's Sweater on Twitter. No coincidence about summer turning into fall and sweaters coming back into the closet rotation. Kind of random. <laughs> uh, Travis Moose at Moose underscore Travis Christmas in September now this is uh, crucial moving forward will RBNY hire from within their local or even inter- international pool hire a formal, former club legend like Mueller or Henri I mean Henri kind of has a job already don't see him leaving on, in the first year Tony's got a good job too so he can't do it anywhere. Yeah. Uh, European or South American unknown if anybody's wondering, that's the the wonderful sounds of the Jersey Shore brought to you by Pat. You know it. Uh, try to persuade Tata Martino to come back to the United States. I like that idea because then he's not the coach for Mexico. Yeah. All right. Uh, Anthony Gaffera at uh, Gaffera 316. GFR. GFR, sorry. Uh, sorry, if Marsha's system, successful Marsha's system, then it went to shit when he switched to his system. Was there even one? No consistency in his lineups. Too indecisive. Started complaining about the fans calling for his head. After losing to DC, no one seemed upset or disappointed. Long overdue. Yep. Uh, and Jeremiah at Red Coach Day, who wrote the Twitter equivalent of a thesis. <laughs> uh, first, let's spare a thought for the guy. I was critical of his tactics and lineups as anyone, but I believe he was a generally, genuinely good guy who I think truly believed in trying to build something here. We're lucky to have someone of his profession, professional history involved with the staff during those Marsh era teams, and I'm sad it didn't work out for him. I hope he's successful wherever he goes next, as long as it isn't the scum or the Smurfs. Seeing him go was a mixed bag for the team. 
it's good that we will hopefully be able to bring someone in that can bring a coherent and co- consistent philosophy, maybe even a move back towards the high press, front foot defending. But Armis going is another member of the revamp under Curtis and Marsh now gone. We're a step farther away from that and heading towards uncharted waters. <clears throat> Wally's still in place with the two team, and that's important, but it's both exciting and nervous at the same time. We're potentially headed headed into something brand new now. We'll see. Jeremiah, you could have emailed that to us, buddy. <laughs> we, we, Don't we got, humanize him, mate. <laughs> we got one email that was one line. So, I mean, I guess it's easier for you to write it. Four, twi- four tweets and an email, then go for it, but... Sure. It works either way. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so thoughts. Um, Truman, I'll let you go. I, I think since you're the longest... Well, not longest. You are the longest Rebel fan on this in this podcast, so seeing as you've been through multiple or pretty much every firing of... of maybe, <laughs> pretty right? much every single one. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Chris Armis being the latest to get fired? I mean... Yeah, it, it was just long overdue. That was the biggest thing. Um, the results speak for themselves. Yeah, you can say that they're not all his fault with the lack of talent that they have. But you can't just keep scoring a goal or a less a game and and not get fired. As we saw, Atlanta got, you know, their coach got fired for less than this. Um, we all thought he should have been gone after the tournament, after kind of getting embarrassed right out of that. But listen, you can't lose to dc at home in the last literally the last 10 seconds of the game when you were over the minimum stoppage time right you just can't do that um when they had chance after chance in that game to go ahead and you give up a goal like that at the very end you are not long for the job Again, maybe if that was a, a draw, maybe if you were already winning one nothing, you gave up, a, you know, a draw. Maybe you let it slide from one more game, but it inexcusable not scoring at home against a bad team, and and then just losing the way you lose. The writing was on the wall, and he, he, someone's going to have to take the fall, and it's him. It's it's just him. Um, but again, you look at tactics, you look at substitution decisions, lineup changes. Brian White, he just not hurt. Is he hurt? I don't know. I mean, I don't know, like, how is he not finding the field at all? What is, what did he know that we don't know? I thought Brian White showed pretty well last year when he played. I don't know. So there's just a lot of questions that we all asked about this lineup and substitutions, and that that I think, yeah, I, I think he took a good Jesse Marsh team to the Supporters Shield because he had a good Jesse Marsh team, and it just took a shit after that. And yeah, again, not a great not a great roster this year, but I think someone else could do more with mm-hmm. this line. Honestly, I think they've had the talent and they've shown flashes that they can get at least two fucking goals in a game. Yeah, well, let's let's face it, guys. The clear thing will happen here is that Messi wants to pick his own coach. <laughs> but uh, all serious, all kidding aside. Uh, yeah, I think everything you said is pretty spot on. Uh, Matt Doyle, I think he had a uh, article today about this firing, and he brought up a lot of great points. Um, you know, it, it's quite simply, who has progressed under Chris Armas? What player has progressed under Chris Armas? None. And the answer is none, exactly. Uh, the year that he coached in the Supporters' Shield, 
the goal production immediately kind of dropped. It's just the defense was so damn good that year uh, that it didn't really matter. And then in, in retrospect, uh, the defense has regressed since then, even though it's been mostly intact. I mean, right now, I forget where I read it, but Kyle Duncan, a right back, is the leading goal scorer for this team. Yep. With two goals. With two goals. That is insane. Two. And I... And if I'm not mistaken, not a single forward has scored a goal. That York, is a problem. I'm York. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure there isn't a forward leading the team in minutes at this point. Yeah. So that is a problem. And uh, while yes, we are in the playoff hunt. I mean, the, the encouraging thing is, Kevin Thule said, is no, they expect more from this team. Yes, the roster is not there, but what has really Chris Armis, unless you believe in the advanced passing statistics shown you that he is a legitimate MLS coach. Unfortunately, he is not. And uh, I think like great coach Jay Jeremiah said, uh, I hope you're still listening to us after I made that joke. Um, he's a nice guy. and that, that It sucks. It sucks to see this happen to a nice guy. But when you're not getting the results, what do you, what do you expect? Yeah, I... I remember reading this, and I think this just kind of uh, just points out what Armis's ideas did to this team over the last year. Um, Brother Ray Phillips left this team and is now has more goals this year than the entire Red Bulls team. Yeah. And, yeah. And, I mean, I, I talked about it at times last year. Kaku was, I believe, the leader in assists in MLS until Jesse Marsh left, and then pretty much did nothing the rest of 2018 in terms of assists. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, Kaku hasn't, I think, I don't know if he started the re- the game against the Revs, but the game against DC was l- legitimately the first time I remember him starting this year uh, after the COVID and actually getting to play a full match. I mean, imagine that you're supposedly your best player not playing a full match consistently. Um, and it's very clear we regressed. I mean, 20, 2018, I as much as yeah, he led us to his, he helped us get a supporter shield. That was a Jesse Marsh built team. Yep. And all he had to do was literally not drive it off a cliff, which he did up until the game against Atlanta in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. Um, and if he didn't, and if he just m- managed the team the way he had during the regular season, we probably would have won MLS Cup that year. And we would be giving him so much leeway for this year because of that. Uh, but to go from the literal best season MLS, or best regular season MLS history, to just scraping into the playoffs next year, and looking at the standings, we are number seven out of we are seven out of fourteen in the Eastern Conference. Ten make the playoffs. If it wasn't for the fact that it was ten make the playoffs, we would be just over the line this year. And we are two points away, two or three points away from missing the playoffs at this point. And granted, this is a weird year, right? I I saw some post on Reddit about the goals per game is right now the worst this year than it is any other year in Red Bulls history. But this, I mean, it's a weird year. COVID is fucking with everybody at this point. 
but to not be consistent at all. I mean, we're my, I'm looking at the standings. Set, we scored seven goals in nine games. We've given up ten. We're sitting in the playoff spot with only DC United having worse goal difference than us, and DC United just made it into the playoff spots because they beat us. You know what that is, Jay? You know what it is? It's it's a clear failure on a part of a manager to do his job. It's fucking embarrassing is what it is. Yeah, if I had my... I'm still without my second computer. It's I, fucking embarrassing. It's, it's going to be in post. Don't worry. Fucking embarrassing! Fucking embarrassing! It's fucking embarrassing! Fucking embarrassing! Fucking embarrassing! Fucking embarrassing! Fucking embarrassing. Fucking embarrassing! Fucking embarrassing! Fucking embarrassing! Oh, well, that's embarrassing. Okay. This is uh, just a loop. Yeah, I mean, again, I think I think the game against DC did show you something is that there's a there is a lot of good young talent on this team. But like that's been said, nothing's been developed. There are good players. I Barlow looks good. I, Caceres looks good. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. Again, I'm going to say it again. Brian White, what is going on? Is he nursing an injury? Why is he not on the field? Ben Mines is getting more minutes than he is. Um, Brian White was scoring goals last year. So there, there is an issue, and I, I think the biggest issue, and it, it's not win-loss, it's, it's just goals. It's got to be coaching. has to be. Maybe you could tolerate this record if there was more goals being scored, but there's just not, and that is a massive issue. It, the fact that uh, Brian White has not been able to build off last year, or even like Tom Barlow has been able to build off the promise he showed last year, truly is an indictment of the coaching. It, it really is. I mean, we, we had pieces to not look this bad, and it's very unfortunate how we look right now. And uh, talking about, you know, scoring and not scoring, I'm looking at 2018 versus 2019 because that's the, the best comparison that can be made. The Red Bulls in 2018 for the whole season, 62 goals scored, 33 given up, plus 29 difference. In 2019, the the one year that Chris Harmon has had complete control, 53 scored, 51 given up. So we regressed in both in, the two main categories of soccer, the goals you score and the goals you gave up, we regressed in both. And that's a, and in goals given up, that's a huge regression in one year. Mm-hmm. You're you're talking eight, you're talking a half a goal a game or, or just over half a goal a game worse from one year to the next. And I I mean I think I was calling for it at that point, but to continue it into this year it's just unacceptable if you're going to be the guy in charge of the team whether it's usl mls uh, england spain germany doesn't matter where you are if your team is not improving eventually you're going to get fired it's just the way things are and it should have happened in my opinion should have happened sooner but i am glad they finally pulled the trigger i mean we talked about this on the show Earlier this week, I thought that Thuel might have just said, screw it, I'm going to ride out the year with Armas and rebuild next year. But he's like, nope, screw it. We're, this is, these results are not good. We need to show that we're better than we are. 
So he pulled the trigger now and said, I'm going to just start the rebuild now. Uh, no, and it's not even these results are, are, are bad. It's, it's losing to DC in the last seconds of the game. Again, that, that's what gets you fired. That, that is it right there. That, that is the death knell. You can't let that happen. It gets a shitty team. That's the nail in the coffin. That's the nail in the coffin right there. I I mean, uh, again, uh, Chris Arms, you just saw the regression, and I don't want to just say all my opinions are from Matt Doyle. I I think I have these. I hope I have these before, um, you know, uh, actually vocalizing them here. But like he pointed out, last year, how many times did this team come out high-pressing for 30 minutes? And we were all like, yeah, this is the Red Bulls we know. And I think we talked about it on the show, like, multiple times. And then for the last 60, they just go in a shell. After they get that first goal, they go in a shell. And, and it's just, unfortunately, you can't win that way. You, you just can't. I mean, maybe you can. Maybe if you have a better talent on the field, you can. But the way this team is constructed... You can't. Yeah, I mean, Ar- Armis, Armis was never a, fully about what Jesse Marsh brought to the team, right? Jesse Marsh was, we're going to press for 90 minutes. It may not be 100% pressure for 90 minutes, but we're not going to let up. Armis's theory is we'll press when we need to, but we I want to focus on possession and making sure that we control the ball. And that's... And that's great when you have the players that can do it. Um, but we this is a problem that happened under Marsh. It happened under Armis. We never had talent to do to play that kind of uh, soccer. Mm-hmm. But Marsh Marsh never wanted to play that kind of soccer anyway. So when he was the coach, it made sense, right? He got players to fit the style he wanted to play. When Armis has been in charge, he. I don't know if there was a breakdown in communication with him and Hamlet or what happened, but the players that he in theory needed to pull off the kind of play he wanted to didn't show up. And when you're not willing to adapt as a head coach to the, the player personnel you have, there's only so far you're going to get. And to be fair, yeah. let's say this about Jesse Marsh is that he went on to a European league and won a title. You know, so it, it's not... It's not quite simply. Uh, to be fair, I, I do think there is something admirable about uh, Armis. Also, wants institute personnel um, possession soccer, but and I do think they did not necessarily have the personnel to do that. But let's not say that Jesse Marsh was solely looking at the personnel he had and saying this is the only thing I can do because he has now gone on to win a European title. No, I'm not. I was. That's not what I was trying to say. My point was that. Yeah, that's fine. I'm not saying like what you said was wrong per se. I just want to like. I think I'm just more piling on Armus. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. My, my my big point was just if you, because if right roster turnover to get the amount of players that you or the type of players you want right generally takes a few years realistically, unless you happen to have those players in in your homegrown pipeline ready to go, which we don't not for the type of play he wanted. Um, unless you had those players at the ready, we could just sign them and go. You are not going to get to where you want to within a few years. Right. And that's not even just soccer. That's any sport. Right. Um, so if you are a good coach, even if you want to play a certain way 
and you can't do it, you adapt. I mean, Mike Mike Pecky is a good example of it. I think. I mean, he we on the we know eventually what happened to him, but when he first started as the head coach, he had I think it was like less than a month before the season started. He was appointed as the official manager of the team, and he wanted to come out in a very possession style based team. And I remember that first game against Portland that year. And halfway through the game, he abandoned it because he realized it wasn't going to work. He's like, all right, this is not going to be our identity this year. It's The identity we need is going to be hard-nosed, do what we have to do to win the game style. And he threw out the lineups he needed to during that year to get the job done. Was it pretty? No. Did we win every game? No. But was it effective? Yeah. We won a shield that year. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that um, Pecky is you know the greatest coach ever, but... He was at least willing to adapt to the situation, and that's something that Armist didn't have. And maybe, maybe, maybe Armist will learn that te- learn that skill, right? Because this is probably not his last head coach position. And if he does get another one, I hope he honestly learns from what he what happened here and becomes a better coach. And has he's a team that spend money. He's going to nearly lead Egypt to the World Cup, and then all of a sudden come back and coach uh, LA three. NBA superstar coach. <laughs> now, now, did we read the email yet? No, because I was I was waiting for that because that was a very specific. So I think that's actually a good point. Um, so we got an email from. All right, I am not going to say the last name because I'm going to. Uh, I think you should. I think you should. All right. Uh, so Gwyn Retresco. That's I, I, that's the best I could say. Uh, so Gwen says, hello, Ranters. Do you take the firing as a sign Red Bull Global might not spend quite so much time with it, with its thumb up its collective arse? This has got to be a British person, right? Up the collective arse now that the minty fresh Oliver Mintzoff has re- replaced Ralph Ragnick as chief cattle rancher. Cheers, guys. <laughs> chief cattle rancher. <laughs> this is the great, great phrase right there. <laughs> um... Now, like, Jay, again, you thought that they were just kind of ride out this season, you know, and kind of chalk it up to the lost season and maybe moves out to that. But letting Chris Armas go now, maybe. Now, this is my theory. My theory is that Walniak coaches the rest of the year, and the next year they find, uh, I think they might go outside the system and find a guy. Kind of makes sense. John knows a bunch of the players on this team. Um, He showed he could coach a championship team, right? With mm-hmm. Mara and Davis. Yeah, so I mean, maybe you just go with him for now. Um, he gets the rest of the year, unless they already have someone in mind, which I I would doubt. I doubt. Considering uh, you only have two days until your next game. I, I think Wilniak's the way to go, maybe for the rest of the year, and then you do the thorough search outside the Red Bull organization. No, what if what if Wilniak like shows results? That's that's the thing right now. Right, then, then earn it, right? Earn it, show some results, uh, get some kind of deep run in the playoffs, because that's the only thing that's going to get you to keep this job, is turning this team around and getting some kind of deep playoff run. Um, show that you can do it, yeah, on the on the MLS level. It's definitely <laughs> different than USL. Um, but yeah, I, again, I, I mean, that's, I think, the way to go, is just have get him uh, a shot at it. You know, there's a tweet I don't think we ever read. Do we not read Ed Ritter 60's tweet? Uh, I guess not. Uh, should the team go for one, prove an MLS name, two, European name, 
three, unproven young, four, Red Bull Global Affiliated. Well, I guess I, I just answered my own question. I, I don't. <laughs> num, number four, I don't think. Oh hell no. No, I I, 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 I think, say hell no to four. <laughs> so I, I on so first off, I think if I'm if I'm Walniak, I don't take a interim coach position, right? If they're if they're asking me to step up to lead this team, I'm asking for a guaranteed like two years minimum before, because with the success that guy's had in USL, he would get a position somewhere that wouldn't be tied to results in a shortened season, where like half the games have already been played. Um, I I personally think he would be great as a as a coach for the Red Bulls. I mean. He proved with the USL team that you can pretty much give him a new set of players every year, or at least say 50% new players every year, and he will get some sort of results. Uh, I don't think he's missed the playoffs yet as a USL coach, and he does have a title, I think, I think what, it was like 2015. So he's proven he can get the job done. He's proven he can, more importantly, improve players. Right, because Tyler Adams got his professional start on that USL team. Uh, so did Sean Davis. Uh, Ryan Mara was playing in that team as a rehab because uh, Aaron, Aaron Long was on the team. Yep, Aaron Long was on the team. Right, so he has a proven track record of taking of getting players and getting them to improve their skill set. Yeah, but who's come up since then? But okay, I, that's a good point. But. Part of the Chris Armas thing is that he hasn't had a great front office. So how much of that is players haven't come up because the front office kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not, I can't put all of the players coming up on one or the other. It has to be a whole Red Bull thing, right? If the front office doesn't do its job, then there's only so much Armas and Wolniak can do vice versa. 100%. But I, I'm just saying Wolniak has a proven track record of getting players a, a fresh batch of players and being able to get results and show that he can build players. Yeah. Well, let, let me say this. I would love if John Wolniak becomes the head coach who takes his team to glory. I'm just saying he had one great season and I'm not saying he's doing a bad job because the turnover obviously in USL two is even worse than it is in MLS, but it was one great season. You know, he's been good. He's been good, but do we want a good USL coach or do we want a great coach? And, 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 no, sorry, I was just going to say, and again, he's doing it against the likes of Louisville, Harrisburg, Orlando 2, this 2, that 2. You know what I'm saying? This is not against the Galaxy, LAFC, NYCFC, the Revs. It's, they're not major league soccer teams. That's why I say give him the shot for the rest of the year. Yeah. And see yeah. what you know, see what fleshes out. See if there's promise because that is a huge jump. It's a huge jump from USL to MLS. See how he handles it, and then you can reevaluate in the off season and see if he yeah. deserves to keep the job for another year or two. Yeah. I would and, love to do. I would love to see him do well because I know exactly where he lives, and I can go stop. <laughs> and I'm I'm not opposed to Walniak being the interim coach. I just don't think he would be willing to take the position. Right? I think he would. I think he would. I think hey, he would. Yeah, well, I'd, rather, I'd rather him prove me wrong. He's in no position to negotiate for a two-year Major League Soccer contract right yeah. now. He's never coached an MLS before. 
As long as you got an interim label, they, I mean, I suppose they could fire him, but, you know, why would they fire him from a job where he's been... Um, again, everything I said is not to say he was not successful at USL. It was just to say... He had one title. Good. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not saying he's necessarily, a you know, the next... Um, I can't even think... Well, like He's not like the next Alex Ferguson. Like he, I'm just saying he has proven, at least at the USL level, that he can be given... A turnover roster every year and get results, right? I'm not saying he's gonna would automatically lead the MLS side to a title. Just saying he has a somewhat proven track record as a coach. Hey, look, I saw the guy score a goal against W Connection in the Champions League, and that's kind of when I was like, you know what? I think I'm gonna root for this Red Bulls team. <laughs> then they lost the match, but whatever. So, get, getting back to the rest of the tweet, um. I, Honestly, I think at some point it's an outside hire. Um, maybe they're somewhat tied to the Red Bull organization. I don't think that somebody from like one of the other teams. It's gonna be probably someone that they're that that's willing to play the same style as Leipzig or Salzburg, and that because that's that's why Marsh was brought in, in the first place. He wanted to play the same style they were going to build there. Now, I'm going to caveat this. Because the the email does have a point is Ralph Ragnick is no longer like the head of Red Bull Global Football Operations. So I have no idea how all that shit's going to shake out mm-hmm. or if it's going to affect us at all. I'm just saying it, I think it's going to be an outside hire. And if it is someone that plays like a high pressure type system, it's going to be someone that the Red Bull Global Organization probably wants in their pipeline for the future. I think what you got to say about this whole Ralph Ball thing, one, it's obviously been disproven at this point uh, that it was just another crock of shit that Ralph just dictated to everybody what they were supposed to coach. Uh, but I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And I think I even said this at the time of the Jesse Marsh hire when I was, um, you know, challenged on the idea that Ralph was dictating to everybody how to coach. Uh if you want a certain style, that's fine. You've got to hire the coach who coaches that style. And I think maybe Rebel bought into this idea of Ralph Ball a bit too much when they passed the reins to Armis. That's not Chris Armis. Chris Armis isn't a high-press guy. He's not. That's just not what he is. And that's fine. If he can make it work with the right players, great. And I wish him well. I really do. But... Uh, you, you just got to find the coach who plays that system, who coaches that system. Don't find the coach and say, hey, I don't know. Um, uh, I don't know. I was hoping to pull a coach out of my ass. But uh, Dave Vandenberg, he's he's a coach somewhere now, I think with the U.S. national system. Dave Vandenberg, come in here and coach high press. But I coach possession. doesn't matter. You're coaching high press now. You can't do that. It's just it's just not how it is. You, you got to get find a coach. That's their personality. That's their expertise, and put them in charge. The end. <laughs> I, I was gonna say that that's really what I was trying to get at is if if it's most likely outside hire, but that fits what either. Kevin Thuell wants to do, or if assuming that there is some higher level global Red Bull stuff that they're trying to do, that they're going to bring a coach to fit the system they want to play. I mean, it's just that's just how it is. I mean, when Pecky got fired, the reason the reason that he got fired was because they specifically wanted to bring in 
they didn't think he could coach the way that they wanted, right? right. That that was why Pecky was fired. Because Pecky had the two best years in Red Bull's history before he was let go. And so the firing wasn't about whether or not he could do the job with the team. It was, hey, we want to do this specific thing. We don't think you're suited for it, so we're going to let you go and find someone that we want that we think will do it. That was, That's how that went down. So it's not unrealistic if, assuming that there's some master plan of we're going to play this kind of of soccer going forward, that they're going to find someone outside the organization that would fit into that plan. That being said, if Messi wants Jurgen, you fucking hire Jurgen. <laughs> well, yes, if that's the case, you, just, you you scrap any plans you have for for the next five years and just go with it. Messi already announced that he's staying in Barcelona today. So, I mean, yeah, I knew before I made all those jokes. <laughs> but I want to make the jokes, damn it. Maybe thirty-eight-year-old Messi. You give, you give up two years for that. Yeah. All right. Uh, we have any other thoughts on Armis or who's going to take over? No. Yeah. Well, all I, all I hope is that they announce. I, I obviously they got to announce an interim coach by tomorrow, or otherwise it doesn't make some sense. But. I'm hoping that whatever they decide to do, it, it just, just please one interim coach. Don't like do as much as I loved it when, when he was there, don't do what Everton did this year with, um, God, why the hell am I blanking on the name? I should know this. Nope. God um, damn it. I gotta look it up. It's over. Move on. Yeah. yeah, but don't, don't 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 do a like three week. Um, I, I can God, I can't remember the fucking name for it. Who cares? Just move on. No, <laughs> we only care about Red Bulls. That's the sack fest. That's what Jay's saying. Don't do don't. the sack fest. Exactly. Yeah. Duncan Ferguson. I I finally got to the. Everton page. Jay, um, you're allowed to look yeah. up Red Bull stuff, not other team stuff. Well, I, I'm an Everton fan. That's why I was trying to do it. But I, for some reason, I blanked on Ferguson's name. I don't know why. Yeah, but our fans aren't and, Everton and fans. Caretaker manager. That's what I was trying to think of. Turd Ferguson. Turd Ferguson. It's my name. <laughs> no, it's not. That is. <laughs> See his hat? Funny. Funny. All right. Any last thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, I'm just going to do a thriller dance when Walnia gets hired. Look up the Wayne Brady version of Thriller with Postmodern Jukebox. You won't be disappointed. <laughs> Watch Ted Lasso on Apple TV. <laughs> yeah, I don't, have Apple, I don't have Apple TV. You're all bad people. True. I'm an Android person, so. Ew. All right, uh, let's wrap this one up. I'm screwed. I'm not going to read off the usual shit. You, you guys know what's going on. Um, any, any last thoughts, last words before we get out of here? Here's to a better Sunday, I guess. Uh, your chances uh, now to hire a real coach, do it, and then sign a real team. <laughs> All right, so for Pat Truman and myself, this has been a very uh, impromptu special episode of the Red Bull Rant. Thank you guys for tuning in. 
As always, go Red Bulls. Goodbye. See you Sunday.